Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Real Success Show. My name is Daniel Banaona. I'm 16 years old, and in this podcast, I share the amazing conversations that I have with masters from all over the world, teaching us how to become the best version of ourselves. Thank you so much for being here. Now let the magic begin. Marisa Peer is the author of I Am Enough and creator of Rapid Transformational Therapy. Marisa Peer is an English best-selling author, nutritionist, relationship therapist, hypnotherapist trainer, and motivational speaker. She is using hypnosis for anxiety, weight loss, addiction, and overcoming fear. She has spent over 30 years working with people including royalty, rock stars, actors, professional and Olympic athletes, CEOs, and media personalities, and has developed her own style that is frequently referred to as life-changing. So now I bring you the one and only Marisa Peer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm super, super excited because I have... Marisa Peer in the house. Welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Now we've been, we've already spent a lot of time together all over the world <laughs> in Croatia, in LA, in London. I've been in your house in London and in LA, which both are amazing. And, but I, I, I was a little kid, you know, so I didn't really know about your work. <laughs> so today, that's why I'm really excited because I'm going to get to know you even more and um, learn how to become my millionaire self. So thank you so much, really, for being here. And your English is so good. You were staying with me in LA and you were trying to teach me Spanish. I remember it well, but your English <laughs> is so good now. You've done so well. Oh, thank you. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> do you remember we were in Estonia as so we stayed in the restaurant with all the wolves? Do you remember that? that was yeah, so I do. I, I do. Yeah, totally. Super good to have now the option to have a whole podcast in English. Yes. So yeah, super excited. Thank you so much. So Marisa, I know you are um, changing people's lives all over the world and you're just such an amazing leader. So I would like to ask you, what led you to this path? Well, you know, my dad was the most wonderful. He was a head teacher. I think in your country, you might call it a principal. But he was the headmaster of a school and he was very driven by his love of children and wanting to make every child feel they mattered. And he always saw children as having so much potential that you could shape and mold. And he always said, you know, you've got these children's futures in your hands. And my father was revolutionary in the way he educated children. And he always told me the most important thing is to make people feel that they matter. Imagine every child has something on their forehead saying, please make me matter. Please make me feel significant. And I think he showed me all my life that in life, your, your role is to help people make people feel important and, and helping others is what life is all about because for my father helping people was his whole reason for living mm -hmm. so I grew up around that and I always wanted to help people and I also just wanted to help children but eventually worked in helping adults and because of course raising the children so my father got me started and I've always been interested in human behavior what makes people tick 
but mostly how you can help them faster. So lots of people out there are helping people, but I wanted to help people fast. I created my own company called Rapid Transformational Therapy because people think that therapy shouldn't be rapid, it should be long. But I think, no, it should be rapid. I think everything that helps you or makes you better, you want to make it as efficient as you can and fast when you possibly can. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I, I, um, I, I would like to ask you, like, I know that you're, you're, you also have a whole brand called I am enough. Right. And which I love that too, because I feel is so important now. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's yeah. so pretty. Um, so now that I'm like, a like a certified coach, I, I got to know that a lot of our problems, a lot of our challenges, fears, a lot of them, the root of all of them is most of the time that I don't feel enough, right? So that's why I think it's just so important. And I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with this idea? What, um, yeah. Well, everything that's been great in my life, and there's been a lot of greats, has always come up by accident, some of the best things. And so I became a therapist and I started to work with clients. And I noticed very quickly how often they would mention, I didn't feel enough. They'd say things like, well, you know, I'm an alcoholic and I feel empty inside. I'm a drug addict and I just don't feel good enough. So I use drugs to cope. Well, they might say, you know, I'm, I'm binge eating on cakes. And I just can never get enough. And I realized that all my clients, the ones who were shop, spending too much money, hoarding, drinking, binging, drug addiction, every addiction, even an addiction to screen time, mm. even an addiction to needing a lot of praise or a lot of love, even sex addiction, it all came down to this inner feeling of I'm not enough. And if you feel you're not enough, you will need more and nothing will ever be enough. Like you could say, well, I've eaten a pizza. I don't really need ice cream, but I'm eating now. I've eaten the ice cream and now I'm drinking a beer and you can't need that. It's like when you're shopping and buying stuff, if it made you feel good, you wouldn't need any more. So I realized that the common denominator of all of my clients' issues stem from not feeling enough. And that wouldn't matter whether I was working with a young high school kid who felt inadequate and was failing or a billionaire on a yacht who felt mm. suicidal they all had the same problem i'm not enough so i thought well if i create the i'm enough movement and make it global all over the world people can start treating what is the cause of other people's issues and then they probably won't have the issue so if you're 12 years old and you start to say i'm enough if you're 14 years old or five years old, you maybe won't become that addict or the alcoholic because you've stopped it at its root. So that's why I made the I'm Enough movement global because I wanted everyone to understand that if our greatest issues are because we don't think we're enough and you reverse that at the beginning, like I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, then you won't end up having all those problems. Mm, it's crazy, right? How it's all like in your mind, your system, yeah. we, most of the times we think that it's outside is, oh, let's go buy some new clothes. Let's go buy old jewelry. Let's go to the yeah. new trip and, or yeah. sex or yeah. a lot of other things, a lot of addictions, but at the mm -hmm. end, it's just in your mind, it's about going inside. Going inside and change. But that's very good news because if the problems are coming from inside of you, 
that's actually great news because it means you can go inside of you and fix them. You don't need drugs. You don't need medications. You don't need to buy expensive stuff. You need to turn inwards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, you're lying to yourself. The lie you're telling yourself is you're not enough. And if you're going to tell yourself a lie, tell yourself a better lie and say, I am enough. I matter. I'm significant. Because all of our pain comes from the lies we tell ourselves. Your parents might go, you're useless or I don't love you. And that's very painful. But the biggest pain is actually the lie that you tell yourself. Mm. As you can justify, my mum is mean, but you know, she's had a horrible life. She's had a bad, she's having a bad day. But when you're mean to yourself, you can't really justify it. So it just sinks in. So yeah, when you tell yourself a better lie, you live a better life. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's the best. Tell yourself a better lie. That's the title of my new book. Edit, oh, your, wow. story. Edit your story and rewrite your life. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, totally. So I now that you talked a little bit about your clients and how it all came up, I would like to ask you what's been the most in- impactful story that you've ever heard of from your clients? Gosh, there's so many. I can I even pick one. I mean, <laughs> hundreds and thousands. Um, the most impactful is usually when I work with kids, I, what I call the lost boys. There are a lot of kids, boys of like between 12 and 17 who don't have a father around and feel worthless. And I was working with this one kid once who was so angry. And, you know, he said, you know, I don't have a dad and my dad never sees me. My dad, the dad left. The dad was only about 17 when he had him, so also very young and left and later got married and had another son who he obviously spent time with which made my client feel even worse because so so many fathers go on to have a second family that they love and they get another chance to be a dad. But the kid they leave behind never gets a second chance to have that person be their dad. So they forever feel rejected. And I was asking him, you know, if you had a great dad, what would he say? And when we all know that, he'd say, you're a great kid. I'm so Mm. lucky you're my kid. The class was, I'm proud of you. I said, well, I'd love to give you a great dad, but I can't, but I can get you to say those words. So imagine you got a great dad, what would he say? So I made him say it. He wasn't really, he wasn't really that invested in doing it because he was a 17 year old whose favorite expression was whatever, but he did it anyway. And he began to go, you're a great kid. I'm proud of you, an amazing kid. You're a smart kid. I'm lucky that you're my kid. And he said it, it totally changed him. He went from being an angry kid to this amazing chef, he got engaged and he became sort of semi-famous. And I was so proud of him because he couldn't make his dad love him, but he could make him feel as if his dad loved him. He wanted mm. his dad to love him so he'd feel worthy. And so sometimes you do it the other way around. Like, I can't make your dad love you because your dad is not bright. Your dad's an alcoholic. It's not your fault. You're smarter than your dad. I can't make your dad love you, but I can make you feel the way you'd feel if he had loved you, in fact, maybe even better than that, because when you can give the words to yourself, you have power. If you say, hey, I need my dad to say those words or my girlfriend or my boss, you're disempowered because you're giving them the power to make you feel good. And when you give someone the power to make you feel good, you give them the power to take it away at any time. Mm. When you do it yourself, 
it's forever. And so for anyone suffering, doesn't matter what it is, you might be a 16 year old girl who doesn't feel good enough. Imagine if you had the most amazing boyfriend or girlfriend, the most amazing parents, the most amazing boss, what would they say? They'd say, wow, how lucky am I to have you in my life? And start saying it to yourself because your mind doesn't go, well, who's saying that? Your mind just lets it sink in. Like if you have dry skin and you put lotion on your skin, it sinks in and it nourishes you. But when you say the words you've always wanted to hear, they sink in and nourish you too. So think of the words you've always wanted to hear and say them. I'm, the, I'm your favorite kid. I'm the best kid. I'm the smartest kid. I'm the most beautiful kid. I'm the cutest, nicest, warmest. Just say whatever you want to hear. Mm. It works. You know, years ago, I always wanted to be the favorite, but I never was. I was a middle child. My sister was cute. My brother was smart. And I was something in the middle, not the cute one, not the smart one. And as an experiment, I started to say every day, you're, you're the favorite kid, you're the favorite kid. And what was so weird was within a month, my dad said to me, oh my God, you're the favorite. He'd never said that in his life. I was 30 years old when he said it. I should have started saying wow. as well, but I didn't know then. And, all, and he began to treat me like I was the favorite, which actually was a bit weird because when he did it, I realized, oh, this doesn't feel very fair to my brother or sister because saying, I'm so proud of you. You're amazing. You've written these books. It's incredible. And both my parents started to treat me overnight like I was their favorite, which is a bit weird. But what was even more interesting was that, you know, when I was a kid, I did need that. But by the time I did it myself, I didn't actually need to be their favorite anymore. So I stopped saying that. But it was quite interesting to see how fast if you find the missing bit of you, the words you've never heard and start to say them. It's amazing because if you don't, you go out into the world and you're always looking. I need to find someone to love me, someone to praise me, someone to build me up, someone to make me feel I'm worth it. Well, there's someone is you don't ever give that power to someone else say it yourself say i'm the hottest thing in the world and if you keep saying it other people will start to believe you really are because muhammad ali said something i love he said i told myself i was the greatest and i wasn't but i told myself it before i was and then that's exactly what i became mm. wow that's that's beautiful i love that and i totally agree i think um the words what we tell ourselves right is yeah. so important yeah because it's like hypnotizing ourselves unconsciously exactly. and that's why i wanted to ask you like well i believe that we constantly hypnotize ourselves all the time all and the time. yeah what do you think about that how do you think we're hypnotizing ourselves <laughs> I, mean, I love hypnosis i am the biggest fan of hypnosis because everything i have in my life that's good which is a lot you know my daughter my husband my health my wealth it all originates from being able to hypnotize other people as well as myself but we go into hypnosis every day when you watch an advert and and kids go mom i, I need that you know you see an advert for cereal and kids go, I've got to have that. And then we, so advertising is always hypnotizing us, making us believe that we want things. We think hypnosis sends you to sleep. Actually, it wakes you up. It wakes you up to your potential. So hypnosis is good. It's not scary. You're not out of control. 
you don't go to sleep, your nervous system goes to sleep, but your mind is wide awake. And so say you were scared of um, speaking in public or scared of flying, or you couldn't sleep at night, you can hypnotize yourself. You don't even need to see a hypnotist because these things are fairly simple. You can hypnotize yourself to love speaking, to be really good at sleeping, to have a better memory. And really good mm, exactly just by saying it by feeling oh. it right i think that i wrote a book about this is about like you are who you think you are yeah, right you are who you think you are exactly yeah. yeah so it's about start believing yeah that you are already the person that you would like to become yeah. that's exactly. the first step <laughs> because every word you say is a blueprint that your mind and body Make mm. you could only know if they only taught you in school every word you say and everything I think is a blueprint that your mind and body and psyche are working towards. So when you say things like, I always fail exams, I never know what to say when I speak to people, I always get sick when it rains, that's a blueprint. Mm. But then you might as well say, I've got a great memory. I'm really good at, with people. And when it rains, I've got a great immune system. It's the same as when it's sunny. Because what we don't understand as human beings is that you can choose to say whatever you want, but you can't choose what it does to your body. When you say, if I look at a cake, I get fat, nothing ever works out and if you could see what that did if you could look inside you would never say a negative word again for the rest of your life or at least you'd very quickly correct it mm, wow yeah totally totally and i will actually start i want to now that we're touching this uh theme i would like to ask you like i know that um you're creating an amazing life like you are already living the life of your dreams and i just love everything you're doing and i would like to ask you for this how did you um how did you sorry i just it's just my english how did you like replace that old limiting beliefs yeah well that's a great question so imagine you have a limiting belief nobody likes me all right, I can't make money. The first thing is, you see, with any belief, if you question a belief, you don't believe it. That's why in religion, you may not question the priest or, or the rabbi or the imam because they understand when you question a belief, you already have some doubt. So my little girl started to say, mommy, how does Father Christmas get down the chimney? How do the reindeers get down the chimney? I knew that she was already beginning to doubt it. She was beginning to think this is not real. So the first thing is question your belief. Why do I believe that? Where did that belief come from? Who told me that belief? No baby is born saying, oh, you know, I feel so bad. I ate too much chocolate. Uh, I'm not, I shouldn't ask for something I'm not worthy. Babies come onto the planet and they demand attention. And they believe that everything's available because when you're in the womb, you have 24 hour room service. It's always 75 degrees, someone's always there. So a baby is born with a belief that says, whatever I want, I can have it. In the middle of the night, I'm gonna cry and wake everyone up because I, I want some attention. So the good thing is to understand you were not born with limiting beliefs, not at all. Mm. You acquired them. Where did you get them from? 
who told them to you? And then, well, what did they know? Maybe it was your grandparents who had a different belief. You know, the world changes all the time. What your grandparents believed, what your parents believed is no longer true. Mm. We're seeing the whole education system changing because we realize it's not so good. So question your beliefs and then ask yourself, is this belief doing me any good at all? Is it serving me? And then just decide to change it. You know, for me, my father being my head teacher, I always felt different as a kid, but not in a good way. I felt different to all the other kids because my dad was the head teacher of my school and that wasn't great. And then I noticed how much as an adult, I'd say, but I'm different. And when you're different, you can't connect. And I just had to look at that belief and, and then say, well, what's the opposite? I'm the same. I'm the same as everybody. So when you have a limiting belief, turn it over and find the opposite. So do you say things like, oh, I get fat when I look at cake and when I'm around ice cream, I just can't stop and do the opposite. When I look at cake, I can have a little bit. My body burns it off. When I'm around ice cream, I can have a bit and I can eat whatever I like. But I actually really prefer and like eating healthy food. I don't know how to speak to people. I find it easy to speak to anyone and I'm warm and magnetic. Just find your limiting beliefs first, question them. But the biggest thing is to flip them over and say the opposite. I can't remember, I remember everything. I, I'm not good at math, I'm brilliant at math. Because again, your mind doesn't care what you tell it, it lets it in. And when you say I'm not good at math, that's your blueprint. And when you say I'm amazing at math, that's also your blueprint. You get to choose your blueprint, which is mm. a really lucky thing for humans that we can choose what to think, what to say, what to believe. Mm, totally, totally. Yeah. So now, um, like, I do believe that we all have different beliefs, right? And that mm -hmm. beliefs create our reality. And. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's always like about being present, right? As you said, like just being present and, and observing if you, if there's a limiting beliefs cup, a limiting belief coming to your mind is just, oh no, that's not me. Hey, that's just my limiting belief, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now I would like to ask you like how how now once we know about beliefs and that we can create our reality through our beliefs and through our mindset how can we hack our mind to become the the millionaire or the best version that we would like to become so you make your beliefs and then when you've made your beliefs they turn around and make you mm. Make your beliefs and then your beliefs, but then even more strangers or whatever you believe starts to become true. If you believe, like my niece is staying with me now and she believes that cats are scratchy, I'm like, oh, my cat. And I was holding my neighbor's cat going, no, this is, they never scratch, they're so chilled. If you like cats, they're like, if, you're, if you believe that they'll scratch you, your energy around the cat is so scary that it makes the cat scared. Mm. If you believe, you know, oh, I get fat, so I can't lose weight, or I'm allergic to food, or I've got a really sensitive stomach, or I get headaches when I'm anxious. If you believe that, you've made a belief, and the belief will make you. So you have to change your beliefs. If we make our beliefs, and then our beliefs make us, you might as well make your beliefs amazing, because you have nothing to lose by making your beliefs amazing. 
Mm. So when you want to have a millionaire mindset, you need to think, well, what do millionaires think and say and do? They say, I can make money from this. I can make a lot of money. They never think, oh, what if it doesn't work? What if I put all my money in this and it goes wrong? What if I write a book and no one buys it? They start really going, this is going to be amazing. Everyone's going to love this book, love this product. This is going to be amazing. And that's the blueprint because whenever you're operating out of fear, you hold back. So you have to, if you're wanting to make a product, open a business, you have to believe it's amazing yourself. It's very hard to convince someone to buy something if you don't think it's amazing. Mm. You know, <clears throat> I don't believe in con artists, but people who con people first convince themselves and then they're very convincing because they learn and they do what you're doing, they nod their head. And because I don't, I don't, I met this person and they sold me this bracelet in the street and I don't know why I believed it was solid gold. It was like $5, but somehow they convinced me. <laughs> we know that self-talk is convincing. It can be negatively convincing or positively. And the most important thing to have a millionaire mindset is to imagine how a millionaire would think and speak and act and react and feel and decide to do the same thing. You know, they never, they, millionaires and people who are very positive never say things like, I wish I hope, if only they can know I'm doing it. I am, they say, I am, I can, I will, I always. And they really go for it and they're very confident. And confidence is a choice. You have to choose what does a confident person say? Mm. What do they do? Do they keep eye contact? Do they look at you? Or do they get all embarrassed and flushed and kind of speak like that under their breath? You just have to learn. <laughs> If you do what confident people do, you'll eventually become as confident. And the same way, if you do what a bodybuilder does, you'll become a bodybuilder. Mm, totally. I think that's something that I love is just in every situation asking myself, so how does my best version, what, what, what will my best version do right now? Yeah. What will my confident version do right now? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think um, now, I think we all want to change, but something that I, when I started learning all of these things, I just realized that um, there's a lot to change and it's going to take me like a lot of years. But then I learned that it can actually take less than 10 years because a lot of people, for example, a lot of people just say to, to, to manifest what you want is going to take 10 years and you got to work hard and hustle, right? But I, I believe, I just started believing that it can actually take so much less and it's actually more, uh, it's actually better for your health. What do you think about change? How long do you think well, it can take to change? You get to change twice every day, every <laughs> hour, in fact, because first you change what you say and think, and then you change how you act. So every day you're given two chances to change. Change what you say and think. And when you change what you say and think, that will change how you act and react. And the thing with change is there's three types of change. There's instant change. I, I begin to think I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, and I feel better immediately. Mm. That's great. 
but other people have what's called cumulative change. It means bit by bit, I'm saying it, and I'm feeling a little bit better, then a little bit better, and it's kind of creeping up on me. And then there's called retroactive change, where you don't even know you've changed. And someone says, wow, you're so calm. You're so, but what's happened to you? I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> when I last lost my temper. Then now you mention it. When did I last have a headache? So you change instantly, which is a change we all want. You change bit by bit, or you change and you don't even know you've changed. You look back because of what's called lag time. Mm. So there's three ways to change and people have their own way. You, you may change faster or not as fast as your friend, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to climb a mountain because when you get to the top, the view's the same for everybody. <laughs> But then some people are scared of change. It's like, you know, it's impossible to feel good about ourselves unless we feel that we can control the direction of change in life and it make it change for the better. So you've got to be excited about change. You've got to recognize the different ways we change. You've got to understand we change all the time. But the most exciting about change is that as you move towards your potential, it expands. Nobody can ever know in their wildest dreams, what their potential is, because as you move towards it, it expands. And in 1984, long before you were even born, there was a swimmer called Mark Spitz. And at the Olympics, he won so many medals. He was like Robocop. People just thought he was a machine because he swam so fast and won every medal, broke every record. And now you can't actually get into the US swimming team swimming at that speed because as he did it, other people did it because when you move to your potential, it moves and moves and moves. So none of us could ever know ever how our potential is because it's always expanding. So even when you change, then you get to change again and again <laughs> and again. But once your mind moves to a new dimension, once it expands, it never goes back again. Mm -hmm. A bit like you, you know, learning English and now it's becoming easier and easier because you've expanded and you'll never ever go back now to not knowing English because you've expanded your mind to something mm -hmm. new. But the best thing about change is you must be excited by it, not scared of it. This is exciting. This is thrilling. Wow, if I did that, I can do that. If I did that that fast, I can do that. And some things are harder. It's like you go to the gym and you work out and you don't see your six pack. You don't see them one day. You think, well, oh, wow, there it is. So <laughs> you don't always get the reward straight away, but you still have to keep working. And I think change is really exciting. Mm, totally, because if you're scared of change, yeah. then you're, you're actually going to well, attract what you're scared of, right? Yeah, and some of when, when I have clients who say they're scared of change, I go, let's play a little game. I want you to mm -hmm. imagine today that nothing changes. Whatever you're wearing today, you're gonna wear that every day for the rest of your life. Whatever you eat today, you're eating that every day for the rest of what you watch on TV today, you're watching every day. No. Look at the weather. It's that every day now for the rest of your life. Now you've got a life with no change. They go, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> That's the thing. It's exciting. You know, when you always live in the heat, the rain is exciting. Mm -hmm. When you live in the rain, the heat is exciting. Having something new to eat, something new to, something new to watch, a new movie. It's exciting to have something new. And you know, our grandparents fought for us to have change. 
And here we're going, oh, I don't like change. I'm scared of change. And that's the thing that happened with COVID. It was like, oh, the whole world has kind of stood still. And like, I was just out today saying, it was so nice to see people out and restaurants open. Mm. Because that, you know, you realize that that change makes your life exciting. Mm. Yeah, because you're in the other side. Yeah, cool. That's, that's like when people are scared of, death i think yeah. it's actually good because if there will be no death then you wouldn't enjoy every day yeah and gertie said which i love i love this the met this is a german perk called good he said every stage is a dream that's dying or one that's coming to birth mm, wow so so don't celebrate the ending celebrate the new beginning mm -hmm. don't celebrate that something is dying celebrate that something new is being born Mm, a new chapter yeah 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 mm. wow i love that thank you for sharing all of that <laughs> um and i would like to ask you now that we i know i mean like this podcast is mostly for kids and teenage young people you know yeah. so i would like to ask you um what do you think what do you wish all teens knew were taught in school that they are not being taught i think everyone everybody should wake up every day and say four things every day starting the minute they're two years old and they the four things should be i matter i'm significant i'm lovable just the way i am i'm enough just the way I mean, if every kid could say that i'm significant i matter mm. i'm lovable i'm enough just the way i am Bullying would cease to exist. Kids getting pressured to have sex with someone just so it wouldn't exist. Kids being hurt at school and hurting themselves wouldn't exist because we'd all go to school thinking, well, I matter, I'm significant. Yeah, you might be smarter than me at math. You might be faster than me at track, but it doesn't matter because I'm unique. I'm significant. I'm enough. I wish at school we understood that When you leave school, no one asked you what grades you got in your exams. I don't think I've ever been asked that, that <laughs> schools would reward the effort a kid makes and not the achievement. Because what I've seen in the school system is the really smart kids don't really have to work very hard. It's easy for them and they get all the prizes, all the praise. Yeah. And there's another kid underneath them that's working really hard. But it's not so easy and they never get a prize. And you should you should always reward effort mm. what the end result the effort you put in like you spent ages making a cake maybe it looked terrible and it didn't raise properly and my daughter made a cake years ago and she was little and then she put all the ice and then she put it back in the oven and she went mom where's the icing i said well it's all melted back into the cake no <laughs> you don't ice the cake when it's cold it's like buttering toast when it's hot then you go where's mm -hmm. the butter I said, but that's going to make it taste amazing because it's got the icing inside it. Mm. But the worst thing is to go, well, that was really stupid and that's so dumb and you've ruined the cake. So you just have to understand something else that's really important. Criticism withers people and praise makes them grow. And I think school should really learn that the more you can praise kids in a proper way, not, oh, you're great, you're great, you're great, but really praise the effort they put in, what they're trying to do, what are their thoughts and feelings. If we all understood that, you know, criticism withers people and praise makes them blossom, we'd praise a lot more.
and criticize a lot less. But again, if you're at a school with a critical teacher, or sadly you have critical parents, remember you have the power to praise yourself, to go mm. unprayed and amazing. Your life is like a clock and your first, your teenage years are really only the first 10 minutes. You got the whole rest of that clock to live your life. So sometimes the first bit is the hardest. People say, you know, your school days are the best days of your life. Well, nature would never go, hey, let me give you a life. And the first bit's so great. And then it's never that great again. Nature wouldn't do that. The first bit is not the best bit. It's not even maybe the best bit. And no matter how bad it is, I should say to my little girls, I'm just, darling, this is your life today. It's not your life, it's just your life today. You started a new school, you don't know any kids. It's not your life, it's your life today. It feels like it's your whole life, but it isn't. Hmm. The thing also to understand is that the mind doesn't future pace at all. So when you're being bullied, you can't imagine not being bullied. When you're the only kid that hasn't got breasts and every other girl looks like they're some kind of movie star, you can't imagine you'll catch up when everyone else seems to be smarter, more attractive than you. You feel like that's you, but it's not you. You know, I've worked with many models that I was a hideous as a kid. I was tall and gangly and I had big teeth and I really became beautiful when I was like 22, but when I was 15, no. Um, I was fat or thin or too tall. So it's good to understand that even though your mind can't future pace, so it's hard for someone who's depressed to imagine not being depressed, wherever you are now, that's not your life. Mm. It's only your life for that day and everything gets better. Mm. Wow. And it's, it's about how you said, it's just not waiting until someone else, um, tells you nice things right it's about telling you like being yeah. your best friend it's about thank you so much danny like you really made a you you made a whole cake like even though it doesn't have a good taste it's, it's yeah. totally okay like and you was... know one of, one of the great things to do and actually i'll give you i'll give you a link so that all your readers can take it we have mm -hmm. a thing called installing your own cheerleader putting a cheerleader in your head that claps and does sounds because oh you're the you're you've got this you're the best you're the greatest so installing your own cheerleader is an amazing thing to do mm, that's i think that's the best awesome <laughs> i'll the link if you go to marissapeer.com well we'll send you the link so when you put right. it, we'll give you the link thank you thank you that's perfect um what is the advice what is an advice that you have for teens that want to become millionaire well, three things. First of all, you must believe that you're worth it. Many people go out and try to become rich, but they never believe they're worth it. So the first thing is you have to believe you're worth it. You have to get the mindset of I'm worth it. I deserve this. And then when you've got that, and that's the most important, keep saying I'm worth it. I deserve it. Then decide what are you going to do? What are you good at? You know, it's very hard to be successful in something you don't love. So decide what you absolutely love. Mm. And then you've got to be prepared to work really hard. People get very confused and think, well, I can just manifest it. But no, that's not true. I can just sit here and manifest being a millionaire. So if you go out and work hard and don't believe you're worth it, that won't work. Mm. If you believe you're worth it, but you don't work hard, that won't work. 
believe you're worth it, work really hard, make sure you know what it is you're going to be successful in. And then finally decide who will benefit from you being a millionaire because the more people who will benefit, the more you'll have the drive to do it. Mm. And everyone has a skill, everyone has a talent. You know, some people have an amazing talent, they just don't know it. But whatever you're selling, people buy what makes them feel good. So you want to make a product, make sure it makes people feel good and then they'll buy it. Mm, it's like a book that I'm reading that's called Happy Money, something like that. Yeah. So oh, I know just... him, yeah, the Japanese guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I've met him many times. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I love him. I love... Write to him. Ask him to come on your podcast. He's such a nice guy. He would definitely say yes. Oh, wow, that will be, <laughs> that will be so cool. Marissa, Marissa from TLC um, said, come on your podcast. He'll come on it. Wow, that will be he amazing. Thank you so much, Marissa. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, so I think that's definitely something that has helped me a lot. Like I, I think if you just, I think it's about just doing something that you love, right? Because if it's something just for money, like so many people just want to become lawyers or doctors because they want to become a, they want to, to make money. But if you just do it, if you just do it with love, if you just do something that you love, money's gonna come through but you just gotta do it and believe that money's in its way right yeah i think so absolutely definitely yeah <laughs> so now last question Dun -da -da -da. okay <laughs> if you could turn back the time and talk to your 16 year old self what would you tell her I would tell her that everything's going to be okay, that you can't even imagine how great your life is going to be, that 16 is not the best stage, that it's just every stage is going to get better and better and better. And I tell her that she's going to find immense love. And I tell her the same thing, you know, whatever you want to hear, say it to yourself, say mm. it to yourself now, because 16 is such a hard age we think it's a great age but you don't know who you are or where you're going so i'd say well, your life's going to be amazing amazing mm. i just enjoy every moment because it goes really fast <laughs> yeah totally i just even though right now i'm 16 but i can just turn back at, at the time and just look at the past and it's been the, the time just goes so fast it's just crazy yeah. That a couple of years yeah, it ago. It seems like yesterday that we were driving and I was showing you David Beckham's house. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember. That was yeah. amazing. And I showed you Freddie Mercury's house, and that seems like a year ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Going to the skateboard park in, in LA. That was such fun. Oh, yeah. I miss it so much. I really want to go again there. Well, come back. Come and stay. We'd love to have you. Come and stay with us in LA soon. Oh, I will love that. I, I will really enjoy it. Thank you so much, Marisa. You're welcome. <laughs> Is there a last message that you would like to share? You just go to imenough.com and mm -hmm. take whatever you like. There's all kinds of stuff there. Go to rtt.com, go to marissapeer.com, and we've got all kinds of products. They're all free. Just take whatever you like. And wherever you are in life, Life is beautiful and amazing. So it's not like that every day. But if you really believe life is amazing, I wake up every day and the first thing is because I love my life. I, sometimes I have to make myself say it. 
that I wake up and I go, I love my life. And I find things to love. I love my sheets. I love my shower. I love my cats. I always find something mm -hmm. to love. And if you wake up and you say that first, you kind of set your day up mm. to always look for what's good. And then every day feels like a good day because you look for what's good if you wake up and go oh my god it's raining or oh, i've got an exam or oh, what have i got to do today before you can even think that you've got to go i love my life and think of all the things you love and then you you you're expanding into what you like not what you hate mm, that's it wow <laughs> thank you so much marisa where can we follow you oh marisapeer.com rtt.com you know i've got my own therapy called right. transformational therapy and we do a lot of work with troubled kids and unhappy kids so go to rtt.com we've got an anti-bullying program maybe your school would like to take that it's all free so mm. go to rtt.com marissapeer.com or i'menough.com and i'm instagram I'm on YouTube. I'm very lucky. I've got an unusual name, recipe. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> like today, I'm the only one. <laughs> so, thank, um, you. thank you so much. And find stuff. And yeah, I can't wait to see you again soon. Yeah, super exciting. And thank you so much, everyone who joined it to the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. And I hope you have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you again, Marisa. <laughs>